Good morning. All right, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Miranda Hatfield, and I am the children's pastor here at Riverside. So I am just so excited to share with my share my heart with you this morning and share about reaction. Um, and I think why reaction is so special for me is that I grew up in reaction, actually. So um, I started attending Riverside about 16 years ago. So I would have been five years old, and I would have been in pre-K. So um, I have so many fun memories in reaction, um, and I had so much fun that I came back um, to volunteer in sixth grade. So I helped out with the babies um, and the toddlers, um, and then moved my way up to pre-K, and then from there moved my way up um, to kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, And I had so much fun, and it was so great. Um, And then three years ago, I actually got the opportunity to be the children's assistant. Um, So I worked along side with Pastor Dana, um, and I had just so much fun. I made so many fun memories, um, and it got even better when a year and a half after that, so a year and a half ago, I became the children's pastor, and it has just been so fun. It's been a great experience. So again, um, I am just so excited to have the opportunity to share with you guys um, the exciting things that God is doing in this ministry. Um, So for those of you that don't know what Reaction is, um, it is our ministry for babies through fifth graders. So we have um, some really great resources, and we um, are with the babies upstairs. We have the toddlers over there and then we have pre-k and k5 on the other side and we just have so much fun in there uh and so what reaction is um it is our our goal to provide a safe fun and inclusive environment where children are eager to learn about jesus on sunday mornings we offer kid targeted praise and worship and some fun interactive skits and bible stories And then on Wednesday nights, which is our midweek program, it's called Journey Kids, which is actually starting up in just 10 short days. We want all of you to be there. We want your kids to be there. So if you want to sign up to help us out or to um, have your child attend, we'd love to have you there. You can sign up in the connecting point out there. And also, if you just want to volunteer in general on Sundays, we'd love to have you do that. So our Wednesday night program, we dive into some deeper topics um, in a fun and small group setting. So you may notice that I say the word fun a lot today, just like they did in that video. But that's because in reaction and in underground, we have a lot of fun. And we believe that when children have fun in church, then they are excited to be back at church. And when kids are excited to be at church, then they are also excited to learn about Jesus, which I think is something that we can all get excited about too, right? Yeah. So one of the ways that we are able to create a fun and engaging environment is with our amazing curriculum called Orange. So Orange's goal is to take the heart of the home and combine it with the light of the church to make an even greater impact. So red is the heart, yellow is the light, and together that makes, red and yellow makes orange, right? Um, And so it's just has amazing resources and just great things. And I think the part that reaction as a team loves the most about this curriculum is that it matches up with what our goal is. So in reaction, we exist for children to know Jesus, which that may sound familiar to you because um, our 
church as a riverside, our goal is for people, is we exist for people to know Jesus, for others to know Jesus. So in reaction, it's we exist for children to know Jesus. And that may seem very simple to you, just short and simple, but um, it's actually harder than it seems. So us alone as a ministry, what we do on Sunday nights and what we do on Wednesday, or Sunday mornings and what we do on Wednesday nights, we alone, that alone won't get a child deep in their relationship with God. So what we want to do is we want to bridge that gap with our Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights with what you do at home with your kids. Um, And some of the ways that we can do that um, is with the great resources that we have. So Orange, we went to the Orange Conference this year, and it was so amazing. And the whole goal um, of that whole time was that we can do more together. I just love that so much, that we can do more together. So um, as parents, as grandparents and siblings and aunts and uncles, we can do more as a family when we work together with the church. So I just love that so much that we can do more together. Um, And just every session there in the breakout just talked about how if we work together for the common goal of getting kids to know Jesus, that it can make an even greater impact. Because when we can get children to really grasp onto what it means to know God and to love God and get them deeper and deeper into that understanding, then they can take that into the rest of their life with them. And the younger we get the kids to develop that, the more we set them up for success in the rest of their life. So parents and grandparents and siblings and aunts and uncles, we want you to win. Because when you and your children win, um, then the whole church as a whole wins. And that's what we want. We want to help you win. So how can we help you win? Uh, And one of the ways that you guys can win and one of the ways you can help us to win is just making the most of the time that you already spend with your children. So we don't want to add any extra chaos to the day. Um, So I grew up with two parents who worked full-time at Caterpillar, and there were five kids. And so, as you can imagine, life was very crazy sometimes, basically every day. But what I loved about when I was a kid is how intentional my parents were about spending the little few minutes that we had together throughout the day really intentionally. So, before school, they would always send us off in prayer, and they'd pray with us um, every single day, even if we were, like, running out the door and stuff was falling out of our book bags. Even if we missed the bus, they would still take one moment and just pause and pray with us. And then when we'd come home, we'd sit together as a family at dinner, even if it was like at seven o'clock at night and it was McDonald's drive through we would sit together and we would just talk about our days. And then before bed, we would all sit together um, in the hallway all together. So it was kind of crowded, but that was just so fun. And we would just talk about our day and we would pray with each other. And it's those little moments that I still carry with me when I, from when I was a kid and my siblings and my parents were just pouring into my life. So we want to help you parents do that. And we also want to connect back those times that you were spending with them to reaction, what we're talking about that month. Um, and one of the great ways we can do that is with our parent queue. So um, during these times that we have together, uh, you can just pull up the parent queue app. So if you have a smartphone, this is an amazing 
resource, you can actually personalize it for every single kid in your household. So if you have a two-year-old, it'll talk about what we're talking about um, in the twos class. And then if you have a third grader, it'll also personalize that. And something I love about this app too is it tells you how many weeks left you have before they graduate. So it's really cool. It's kind of like a countdown app along with just some really great ways um, that you can make the most of the time you spend with them. So here's the times that they give us. Morning time, drive time. So in the morning before school, like I was saying, drive time, maybe when you're driving them to school, if you're picking them up from school, driving them to sports practice, meal time, bedtime, and their time. So really just making the most of those little times that you already have in the day and that you already spend with them. Because again, we see how crazy your lives are and we don't want to add any extra time into that. So it's just really using the time that you have with them already intentionally. So um, again, we really just love these resources. We have a couple more, bear with me. Um, One of these are our papers that we pass out every Sunday morning. Um, Some of you parents may know these. Some of you may not because your kids throw them away before they can even get to you. But we have a parent cue paper for those that don't even have a smartphone. And you can use that actually. And it's the same exact thing that would be on the app. And then there's actually a paper that's specially just for your child. So they have really cute and short activities that if they bring them back and fill those out, they can actually get two reaction bucks. So parents, I know some of you know what reaction bucks are. It's like this huge deal in reaction. For those of you that don't know what reaction bucks are, it's our reward system in reaction. So if a child, again, brings back those papers, they can get two reaction bucks. If they bring their Bible, if they bring offerings, Um, or if we see them being extra kind to someone or go sitting with someone who's by themselves, we can reward them with a reaction buck. And if they save those up, then they can get a really cool prize like a gift card or candy. We like to give your kids a lot of candy. I'm sure that you guys know exactly what we're talking about, right? Um, So again, we just want to keep your child as engaged as possible in reaction because if they are excited to be at church and they are excited to learn about Jesus. So... Once, oh, okay, so here, if you're not at church, okay, um, if you have to miss it, if you are sick, or if one of your children are sick, there's actually this amazing link that is studio252.tv, and so while you're watching online, your kids can actually be watching online and taking part in exactly the same activities, the exact same Bible story that we're talking about in reaction that day. So it's really helpful and really fun in a way to keep your children engaged. So again, we just love that we are able to offer these resources and partner with you guys the best that we can. If you have any questions about these resources, we'd love to chat with you um, and just get you guys plugged into this. Okay, so maybe today you heard something and you're like, you know what, I kind of want to be in reaction. I want to help out. We would love to have you. Again, you can sign up um, by getting a volunteer application at the connecting point. We'd love to have you. I see a couple of my reaction volunteers out there. Can you just raise your hand if you volunteer in reaction anywhere? Yeah, if you are around someone that has their hand raised, can you just give them a high five and tell them how much we appreciate them because they are seriously the best. Like reaction has the most amazing volunteers and we are so thankful for them. I have seen these people come in from just such long and exhausting and tired work weeks, but they come in and they are just so eager and excited to teach kids about Jesus. Um, So volunteers, I just want to challenge you with a couple of things really quick as well. Um, 
small group leader. So if you volunteer in kindergarten through fifth grade, you are a small group leader as well. So you, these small group leaders um, are with a specific age group. So with kindergarten through second grade or third through fifth grade, and we split them up so it's either boys or girls. So small group leaders, you have the amazing opportunity to invest in a small group, in a small specific group of kids. So I want to ask you, what are you doing to really invest in those parents' lives and also the kids' lives? Are you going to their soccer games? Are you praying for them when you know that they have a really hard test that day? What are you doing to stay extra involved in that specific group of kids' lives? And then another thing, are you as excited about teaching the gospel as the kids are to learn it? Because kids feed off our excitement. So when we're excited to be there, when we're excited to teach them, then they're excited to learn about Jesus. And they really feed off that. I love um, this quote from Reggie Joyner, who's the founder of our curriculum. It says, the, bi- the church is only as strong as the buy-in Hello. Oh, there we go. (laughs) So I'll say that again just because I cut out, and this is a really, really good one. Um, The church is only as strong as the buy-in from the next generation. So um, that first grader that keeps picking their nose, that nursery child that keeps spitting up on you every time, that preteen that rolls their eyes at you every time that you say hi, they're the future of our church. So that may sound a little scary, but we were once them too. So sooner than we think, they're going to be sitting in these exact seats that you're sitting in. So if we can't capture their attention at a young age, and if we can't capture their attention now, then they're not going to come back. And we want them to be worshiping where you're worshiping and listening where you're listening. We want them to be as involved as possible. So I want you guys to think about this. What are we as leaders? What are we as brothers and sisters? What are we as parents? What are we as grandparents and teachers and friends and aunts and uncles? What are we as a congregation doing to capture the attention of these young ones to help them grow in their relationship with God? And what if together, as a team, as a congregation full of parents and grandparents and volunteers and leaders, what if we could all come together to make an even greater impact? Uh, We have had the pleasure of knowing Miranda since she was 13 years old. Um, She was at our house a lot. She still is at our house a lot. Um, And I just have the utmost love and respect for her and what God has done in her life and how she has been raised up in this church and she's doing amazing things. Um, If you have kids in reaction, please know there is no one in this church that loves your kids more than Miranda. And so we are so grateful for you. So thank you. Well, it is an honor to be with you today. Um, It's actually 52 Sundays ago Um, that I stood on this platform for the very first time to share my story, to share my heart about what God was doing in our lives. And I could take just a few moments um, to tell you everything that God has done so far in Underground over the last year, but we're really believing that there's bigger things still to come. Um, The best is yet to come is not just something we plaster on the back of a shirt, but it's something that we honestly believe 
is true for underground, is what we honestly believe is true for this church, and it's honestly what we believe for each and every one of you, that no matter what's happened in the past, no matter the great things, the difficulties that have come in your life, that God has a plan and a purpose, and great things are around the corner for each and every one of you. So believe that today. Early this summer, Pastor John, we were sitting together in a pastoral meeting, and he shared kind of his vision for this fall. He said, man, I want us to disciple everyone from kids to students to adults. And so that was our charge. So this summer, I spent a lot of time thinking about, well, what is the vision of underground? What do we want to accomplish in our 6th through 12th graders? And so if I had to summarize it, it would be underground exists to connect students with one another and to their leaders, to reach lost students and to make sure that we're raising up the next generation of leaders and students who are going to go out and change this world. And the way that we do that is through teaching, through worship, and through discipleship. And that's our aim as we get ready to start, as we look back at going in just the next couple of weeks. Miranda told you in 10 days, we are kicking off, and it's been a long summer. I've missed you, and I'm so excited to be back with you. You know, many of you have heard about Mission Peoria over the last month or so, and I'll tell you, it lives up to all the hype. There you go. There you got four fans of Mission Peoria. That's better. But I'll tell you, this year, I had an amazing team that I got to lead with Abby Kaczynski. We were at Taft Homes. There were about 18 of us. And I'll tell you, to get to spend a week with students who have given up a full week of their summer just to serve this community, just to serve Jesus, is absolutely amazing. I think we have a a photo of of our team. There we are. That is a good-looking group right there. And a couple of richer kids in there. Look at you. All right. Um, But one of the things each day when we spent time just kind of doing service projects, doing Metro Kids, I couldn't help when I looked at that group to be reminded of kind of an alarming statistic that I had heard just before this week. You see, the statistic is that 50% of students will fall away from the church after high school graduation. So here's what that looks like. If you take our 18, there are nine kids in there, nine students that will walk away from Jesus and may never walk back into a church ever again. I will tell you, my heart is that not on my watch. That is not something I'm just comfortable living with. It's something that we want to do whatever we can to reverse that trend. You see, we want students to hold on to a faith that's rooted in the scripture, that's rooted in the gospel, that's rooted in the relationship with Jesus. You see, we don't want them to just have what I call these hallelujah highs, where we leave Mission Peoria, we leave a youth conference, we leave kind of an overnight retreat type of setting, and we're great when we're there, but we don't take it home with us. And too often, I felt that way. Too often, I'm like, God, this is amazing. And then we get back home and all the stuff that's waiting for us back there. You see, we realize in order to truly disciple your students, we had to make some changes. You see, one of the great things that I've loved this year is there's a junior high class. I don't know if you know about it, but it meets currently both in, in both services at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And every single time that I'm able to be up there, listen to me, I am crazy, but I love junior high students. Some of you are like, you're nuts. I am. But I absolutely love junior high students. I say to them all the time, man, 
you are so much cooler, so much more well-equipped than I ever was. We got it? Because here's where I was in junior high. Maybe we don't because we just burned that photo. Like, we're never going to show that ever again. It'll come back and it'll embarrass me and haunt me for the rest of my life. It's good. Okay, we don't need to really laugh that loud. But I tell them all the time, every Sunday that I get to stay up there um, with our junior high students, I love them. But one of the tugs that we felt last year, okay, we don't have to keep showing it for five minutes. We're, we good? All right. Just kidding. I love you tech team up there. Thanks for all you do. But one of the things that we found, it, is, it became increasingly difficult to come up with experiences, to come up with teaching that appealed to both sixth graders all the way through 12th graders. And so when we talked together as a team and we said, is there a way that we could kind of maybe break these things up a little bit where maybe we could come together and have amazing worship, a game, some announcements, and then we kind of do two separate experiences for our junior high and senior high leaders. And I have to tell you, Pastor John and the rest of the team jumped right on board with that. And so when we were thinking about, man, who do you get to do that? I'm always a huge fan of, just like Miranda, raising people up from within the church. I just think it pays off in spades. And so when we were looking around for who to do that, I'll tell you, I didn't really look very far. Because over the last year, I've had the absolute awesome responsibility to get to sit down with our ACE teamers. And if you don't know what ACE teams is, it's basically a year-long ministry training program where we had five students that just said, hey, I want to see what God wants to do in my life this year. And so you have seen them. They have served not only here at Riverside in the Dream Center, but throughout this country they have traveled. And so when we were thinking about who could do this, there were two names that popped up in my head, and both of them were ace teamers. The first one is Malachi Pataxel. Malachi, stand up. Malachi was raised here. He has grown up here at Riverside. And I, I always tell this story. The first time I ever heard Malachi share his testimony, if you will, or, or preach for Ace, um, we were sitting together at the Dream Center. And Elena, who's in charge of Ace Team, said, hey, will you just kind of take some notes? And it was Pastor John, myself, Pastor Joe. And just take some notes and give them some feedback. And when it got to my time to share, I, I showed him in my phone. I said, I turned it around and I go, I didn't write anything down because I was so engaged with what you were saying. I was so engaged with your story. I knew in that moment that God had given that young man a gift. And so when we were thinking about who could it do, who could do this, he's kind of a, a big kid at heart. I think that's safe to say. So any crazy games that you hear about down the road, it's Malachi. Malachi.Pataxel at RiversidePeoria.com. Send it his way. But I love, love Malachi and what he's going to bring to this. But we knew we needed to bring somebody else on with him. And when I was thinking about it, there is probably the sweetest, kindest, nicest person that you will ever meet other than my wife. Because I got to go home with her, so I got to cover my bases. <laughs> she's not here today because she's feeling a little bit under the weather. But her name is Natalie Reeder, and you'll get to know her a lot. So Malachi and Nat are going to be working alongside Rach and I. Already they've been on staff with us since Tuesday. If you stopped in their office, they have this massive whiteboard already with ideas of what they want to do, 
preaches that they want to do, games they want to do. They're amazing. And God has brought them to us in this season. And I'm telling you right now, God is going to take that junior high ministry to the next level. And I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. And thank you for obeying the call of God on your life. And so one of the things that we also figured out with myself and Nat and Malachi, we really wanted to kind of tweak what happens on Sunday mornings here at Riverside. And so, as we said before, we've kind of had a junior high class that meets at 9 and 11. And if I'm really honest with you, there's people that I will meet sometimes and be like, hey, do you want to come up to a junior high class? And like, absolutely not. And I'll be like, why don't you want to come? And they're like, it feels like school up there. And trust me, if you went up into that room, it looks like school up there. Um, and so we said, hey, this cannot happen. And so what we're going to do is we're going to relaunch what junior high ministry looks like on a Sunday morning. This will happen on Sunday, September 2nd, we are completely revamping what it looks like up there. Parents of junior high are 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. If you have a child that is in junior high, we would love to see them. But here's what we're doing. We are only going to meet during the 9 o'clock service. And we're revamping it to call it Underground Breakfast Club. Right? And only because... Those of you who know me very well know I like to eat, and so we're going to include some food and some breakfast and all that kind of stuff. We're like, that's Michael right there. And so coming up September 2nd, which is two weeks from today, we would love to see as many junior hires. Now, if you're a junior hire who normally comes to this service, you might need to tell grandma, grandpa, mom, dad to come a little bit earlier because you don't want to miss out. Nat, Malachi, and myself will be up there every single week. We want to build relationships with you. We want to disciple you and get you on a walk where Jesus is going to do some amazing, amazing things in your life. Let me pause really quick to remind you. Next week is the 25th anniversary of Pastor John and Letty being here. I'll tell you, you do not want to miss it. They have not been in the mix at all. We have lots of surprises for them. Um, So make sure you're here one service next Sunday. Get here early. Get your seat. It's going to be pretty special. And that's all I'm going to say. Letty's been trying to get things out of me, and I won't do it. I love you, but I don't love you that much. Just kidding. I do. I do. We love. It's good. Um, Today, this is like a really stupid thing. I went up to her. I owed money to somebody, and I didn't have any cash. I forgot to bring it. I was like, Letty, do you have $25 for me? And she's like, oh, here we go. So I love her. Happy mother-in-law. It's good. Um, I don't know. That's nothing. We'll we'll edit that out of the podcast. Um, The second thing that we realized we needed to do is when we talked to Miranda, one of the things that had issues is that many of you that have kids that are in reaction and underground, some of you kind of felt the pull of trying to get students to underground and get your kids checked in here and then go back in and picking things up. And so as we talked about that, we realized we want to try to help parents as much as possible. So if you are a 6th through 12th grader, on Wednesday nights, underground is moving, and we're actually moving in this room to main stage. So I'm telling you, we are so excited. We want to help you parents as easy as possible to get you here. If you are a student, we have lots of amazing ideas coming up. We kick off Wednesday the 29th. Be here 6.45 till about 8.15. We can't wait to see you. As we thought a little bit more about it, It all tied into Pastor John's charge to us about discipleship. How cool is it that we're discipling kids, students, and adults all under one roof? We say that because for you as adults, there are going to be classes for you as well. 
So if you want more information about what's going to be offered on a Wednesday night, if you go out to the connecting point, you can find out all that information. You can sign up even, and adult classes will kick off downstairs on the 29th as well. You see, one of the things that we found is that we believe at Underground, if you can connect in small groups over time, it has the potential to give us big results. And so what we mean by that is as Underground grew, I realized I couldn't do everything. I would get invited to soccer matches. I would get invited to spaghetti dinners for like fundraisers. And I just couldn't do it. The last one really disappointed me because you know I love my spaghetti. And so one of the things that we found is that we began just raising up leaders. And so each of your students, when they come on a Wednesday night, they're going to be assigned into a small group. Guys, small groups, girls, small groups, by ages. And that leader, we have trained them up. So they are just going to pour into your student week in and week out. Because we believe that what you do for a few will always have a bigger impact on what you do for many. The analogy I always use is, you know, Jesus was around hundreds, thousands of people But he really only chose about 12 to truly do life with, to invest in, to walk through. And that's the model that we want to keep in fresh in our mind as well. You see, I have the world's best leaders underground, and some of them are here today. I see Amanda Rios there. She is my daughter's leader, and Amanda has been amazing, not only on Sunday mornings, but on Wednesday nights. And so Amanda, Juan, the whole family, I love you guys. Thank you for all you do. But you see, these leaders have built relationships with your students over the last year. The amazing thing was at Mission Peoria, many times God started to work on students' lives throughout that week. They weren't just serving, but God was starting to do some things in their lives. The coolest thing about it is that a lot of those students didn't come to me as their pastor. They went to seek out their small group leader that they had built a relationship with over the months. And so I would see people like Patty. Patty Mintis would be with her group and she would just pray. She would speak life over them. They would read the word together. Because you see, I had a great youth pastor. But if I'm honest with you, I can't remember a single message he ever spoke. But you know what I do remember? I remember the relationships I had with my leaders. I remember the times I spent at their house. I remember the times that they would take me out for lunch. I remember the times that they showed up at the hospital when I wrecked my car. I remember the times that we sat along the table and they helped me wrestle with some questions that I had about my faith and who I was and who I was called to be. You see, there was once a 13-year-old boy back in 1968. And one day he ran to the mailbox and in it he found a magazine cover. And as he started to peruse the article, look at the pictures, it was about 10 pages long. And it was an article all about the Nigerian civil war that was going on in the time. And they talked about how increasingly difficult it was to get food and medicine and supplies. And the next Sunday, that young boy took that magazine and he took it to church with him. And he said to the pastor, he said, does God know about everything? And the pastor said, well, yeah, of course God knows about everything. And this young man pulled out this magazine and he said, well, does God know about this? And the pastor said, yeah, of course God knows about this. I know you don't understand that, but yeah, he does. And in just a few fleeting moments, the pastor walked away. 
You see, that experience, that moment right there, that boy walked out of church and never stepped foot into a Christian place of worship ever again. You see, what was kind of an insignificant, almost kind of a throwaway conversation with that pastor was a big deal for that young boy. Because I wonder if his questions weren't just about things that were going on in Africa, but some bigger, deeper questions about what was going on in his own life, about where God was in his own life, with financial troubles at home, bullying at school, trying to figure out his reasons for being put up for adoption when he was just a young man. You see, that young man turned out to be Steve Jobs. And you see, Steve Jobs never stepped foot in a church again, and his life actually became his religion. He became a Zen Buddhist. And you see, I wonder what would have been different about his life if he would have had people in his path where he could have had some of those hard questions about faith and God and the afterlife and where he's going when he's done. If it would have been different, if it would have been more of an on-ramp to a discussion about those things rather than just a stop where things no longer happen. You see, just like Steve Jobs, we need to be there for young people today. We need to be there to help them wrestle and grapple with some of the questions that they have about faith and life and what their life is going to look like. You see, by our answers to our questions, we have the power to either see and invest in those students and say, your questions have value, they matter, let's look at that together, or it could send them on a path where they may never walk foot in this church ever again. You see, if I'm honest with you, I'm not looking for underground to be a place that's only for people who've already found a relationship with Jesus. You see, when you say we exist to reach lost people, you better mean it. You know, in Mission Peoria, Miranda stepped in at kind of the last minute to lead a team. And she put everything aside, and that's just who she is, and she's like, I'll serve wherever. Well, what happened, she kind of got a handful of a team. And about halfway through the week, I got a text from Andy about 1230 at night. And he goes, I need to meet with you. We're having some problem with some of your boys. And so that next morning, Miranda, myself, one of the other leaders, we sat down with these five boys. We sat down with just the leaders first, and, and one of the guys was ready to just leave. He's like, this is the most disrespectful group I've ever seen in my life. They're saying inappropriate things. They're watching videos. They're lazy. They're not doing anything. Why are they here? And I'll tell you, trust me, I want my own kids, I want our students to be respectful. I wanted to be hard workers. But as this gentleman was talking, I couldn't help but think in my head, these are the students we've been praying for. These are the students that we've been waiting for. These are the students we want to invest in. And so I saw him at breakfast, and I pulled him aside, and we sat right under the balcony over here. And I kind of pulled up my dad voice a little bit. And I go, here's the expectations. Here's what I'm looking for. And in my head, I couldn't help think about this story of Steve Jobs because what I said would either share with them that there's somebody here who cares for me, that wants to invest in me, that believes I have a future, 
or somebody who just doesn't care. I'm just a problem. I'm just an issue to them. Why don't I just leave now? And so as we talk through, I said, guys, I love you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're a part of Underground, what's happening on Wednesday night. But I need you to step up your game. And so we all went to our sites throughout the city that day. And as the bus was coming back down, I saw these five young men standing on the sidewalk outside the Dream Center. And I could barely get off the bus. And they said, have you talked to Miranda yet? Have you talked to Miranda yet? They go, no, no. Like, call her, call her, call her right now. So I pulled out my phone. I got Miranda on the phone. And I said, hey, how'd it go today? She's like, Michael, it was amazing. It was like a completely different set of students. They were hard workers. They weren't on their phones. They were respectful. They did everything that I possibly could have expected out of them. And the whole time I'm on the phone, these five tough, cool guys are sitting there like, <laughs> like just waiting to see like what's the response going to be. And as we got off the phone, they threw their arms around me. And I said, I'm so proud of you guys. God has a great purpose. You are not here by accident. You are here for a reason. And this week, be open. And you see, that night, we were in here for service. And if you've never experienced a Mission Peoria service, mark it on your calendar. Be here next year. And I saw those five guys right down here. And all of them were standing there, hands up, worshiping Jesus. Are they where they need to be yet? No. But guess what? Neither am I. But these are five guys that have destiny, that have purpose stamped on their lives. And we're going to do whatever we can to help point them to Jesus. You see, the early disciples didn't go into the world to find people who already knew Jesus. They did a rescue mission to find those that needed to know and needed to enter into a relationship with him. That's what we want to do at Underground. That's our whole purpose, is to reach a generation of lost students to help them come into relationship with Jesus. You see, last week, if you were here, Pastor John invited some students up to pray over them as they were going to college. And you see, we didn't do that just because it's the right thing to do. It's the churchy thing to do. You see, I wrote down the 18 to 25-year-olds make up 17% of the U.S. population, but only 10% of the church population. That's a statistic that we've got to reverse. You see, the reason that Pastor John and myself are so passionate about young adults is if you sat down with Rach and I, we have two stories that while we didn't know each other, two very similar stories both church kids, both had a relationship with Jesus at a very young age, but during those years is when we got off track. You see, I wrote down, we are the most connected generation of disconnected people. 18 to 25-year-olds have all these friends, and the social media thing has just blown it up, but how many people do we have that we can truly go to in our worst moments and say, I need you? Will you listen to me? Will you pray with me? I wrote down some statistics. Just this year, a study came out, and it says that 18 to 25-year-olds are stressed out more than six hours a day. 85% regularly feel lonely, and two out of three shared that when they come across problems in their lives, 
they have no one to turn to. You see, young adults today are one of the most disconnected, depressed segments of our society. You see, that's why we're so intentional about doing something for young adults. It's been on Pastor John's heart for a long time. And when we sat down as a team trying to figure out what that would look like, we threw around a, different, a few different ideas. But when we thought about who could kind of head that up, there was one young man that rose to the top. One young man, I think, man, this is a kid that's got it. And his name is Josh Forsberg. Josh, I love Josh. Give it up for him. And so alongside with Miranda, Rach, and I, we're looking at relaunching Young Adults. And I have to tell you, it's so incredibly special to do this with Josh because he was another one of our ace teamers. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say he had a kind of an interesting experience. It became a little bit difficult at times. There were times that we didn't really like each other. If I'm being honest, is that fair? Okay, good. He's like, yeah, I don't like you now. I'm just kidding. But what I saw God do in this young man over the last year is nothing short of remarkable. He stepped in and God started doing some stuff in his life, on his heart. And I'll tell you, he is like my right-hand man. If you see me, he's probably right next to me 80% of the time these days. God has raised him up. And I'll tell you, when we threw this out to him, we're like, we can't pay you. We have no budget for it whatsoever. And he's like, I'm committed. I'll do it. Whatever you need, I'll help you. I'm committed to this church. I'm committed to this city. And I just want to serve wherever you can. And so he's with me all the time. There's sometimes I have to kick him out at midnight. Like, go home, Josh. You have a home. You're not moving in with us. I'm just kidding. You can move in with us anytime you want. Um, So coming up on the 31st, we want, if you're an 18 to 25-year-old, just come. There's going to be great people there. Miranda will be there. Josh and some more of our team will be there. Just there's no agenda behind it. We just want to get to know you. Come. Buy the most expensive cup of coffee you can on the menu. Pastor John's paying for it. So do it. Do it. He'll be there. You see, all that to say, parents, grandparents, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. I said in first service, if we had planned this a little bit more, we would have done a whole high school musical choreography routine to that. Some of you don't get it. You definitely won't get the Kiki, do you love me reference that's coming in a couple <laughs> moments. Bloody's like, I don't know what you're even talking about. But you see, I love this quote by Andy Stanley. He said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And when you let that sink in, that's something that Rach and I think about all the time with our kids. You know, somebody came alongside my mom when I was only four or five years old. And they said, whatever you have to do, invest in your son, pour into him, get him around people that love Jesus, get him in church every step of the way. And you see, my mom was a single mom. We didn't have a lot of resources We didn't have a lot of money, but she took that to heart. And you see, every time the church doors were open, I was there. I was there Wednesday night for youth group. I was there Sunday morning. I was there for Sunday school before the Sunday morning. She dragged me back there Sunday night. I sat in those wooden pews. I would start to get bored. I'd slide down. She said, you better sit your butt up right now and listen to what he's saying. 
And you see, God had a plan for my life. As I said before, I never knew it would bring me back here. I never thought it would be in this moment. But you see, I often wonder how much my mom's belief in me, her insistence that she wanted to give me the best opportunity ever to follow Jesus. I wonder how much my mom's prayers and her insistence in my life played in me being here today. You see, she didn't just pray for me when I was four or five years old. She still prays for me every day. She still encourages me. She's still a part of what's going on. She's one of my biggest fans. And you see, that's my challenge to each one of you. Will you partner with us? Will you say, hey, whenever there's opportunities, I'm going to make sure my kids or my grandkids are here, even when they don't like it, even when they don't want to come, drag them along. Some of the best times at church were when somebody just drugged me along. I needed to be there for a reason. And if she hadn't done that, I don't know where I would be today. So will you partner with us on Wednesday nights? Sign up your kids for the journey. Bring them to underground. Yourself, sign up for these adult classes that are going on. Second of all, will you just pray for us? It sounds really simple, but I'll tell you, for about the last three or four weeks, I've said over and over to people, I'm so excited about this team we have in place. I'm so excited about what God's about to do in this ministry, in this church. And almost immediately, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, the enemy comes and pushes against it. As soon as it comes out of my mouth, I go back to my office and I have an email from somebody who's very disappointed in something we're doing. I'll run into somebody and they'll have something very negative to say to me. Guess what? It happened this morning. We came out of this service and somebody was waiting at the door. They're like, did you know? Da, 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 da. And I was like, here we go. You know, as we were preparing this message, Rach and I, last Sunday, and one of the things that many of you know about me, what you see is what you get. Warts and all. I'm big on authenticity. We're just trying to figure it all out like the rest of you. And so last Sunday night, we were trying to put together this message and what we were going to say. And I'd like to say it was amazing. The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit fell down and we were speaking in tongues. That ain't what happened. Our kids were a little bit disrespectful. I kind of lost my mind on them. Then Rach and I kind of got into it about stuff. Kids are crying. I'm not yelling, raising my voice a little bit. Let's keep, because that's what you say in church. You don't say you're yelling. I just raise my voice a little bit. But you see, we're trying to figure it out just like the rest of you. Please don't look at us and say, we've got it all together. We are, need like a 12-step fortnight, like, detox program at our house. Like I say all the time, I am giving that PlayStation away to somebody, or I'll just throw it out the window because I'm so sick of it. But you see, we're right there with you. Pray for us because the enemy is pushing back against our family, pushing back against our leaders. We need you. We need you to pray for Miranda and her team. We need you to pray for us. We need you to pray for Josh and what's about to happen at Young Adults because we truly believe that God is raising up leaders and there's something really powerful 
really special that's about to happen. Because the devil is trying everything he can to stop it, to get us dissuaded, to get us off our game. Not today, devil. Not today. So, I thank you. Thanks for everything you do for us. We love you. And just continue to pray for what God wants to continue to do in our ministry. Thanks so much. Hello. Well, I'm going to come up here and I'm going to share a little bit of more of the parental side of things. And I definitely don't feel qualified to do that most days. But um, I'm going to be really real with you. Um, This summer has not been great for me (laughs) when it comes to parenting. And in fact, I have a thing on my phone, a back to school countdown. You know, most people do them for weddings and things like that. I have a back to school one and it is now 19 hours, 37 minutes and two seconds till my kids go back to school. (laughs) A little sooner than last service. So that's kind of nice. Now, don't get me wrong. I am going to pray for them tomorrow. I'm going to kiss them tomorrow. I'm going to send them out to be the best that they can be and represent Jesus and our family well. But then I'm going to happy dance all the way to Starbucks tomorrow. (laughs) And let's say, just like Michael said, the fruits of the Spirit in our household have not been very present in my life when it comes to Fortnite. I, any other parents, Fortnite, right? Okay. If you don't know what it is, look it up. All these kids are zombies from playing it all day long, all night long. But no, in all seriousness, we have had some really, really fun days this summer. We've had friends in town, we've gone to the pool, whatever, but... um, This parenting gig is not always fun though, right? It is hard. It is really hard. And that's why it takes a village to get this done. And so today I'm up here and I'm going to tell you that we as leaders and parents, we don't have it all together up here, just like Michael talked about. Um, But we're in the thick of it just like everybody else. And we need the grace of God just like everybody else. And we need grace from our kids just like everybody else because let's face it, it's not always them right? It's not always them. And so tonight we're just up here to tell you that you're not alone, that we're in the thick of it too. And I want you to turn your Bibles. I think it's going to be up there if you don't have your Bible with you, but um, I'm going to set this up. It's Exodus 17, 8 through 13. This is when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt and they um, were seeing many miraculous things. And they had just even watched God provide water from a rock for them um, when they were thirsty. But then a surprise attack came. So I'm going to start reading at verse 8. While the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought, fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became weary and, or soon became tired. And he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. 
Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands were steady and still until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. You know, as a little side note today, I'm going to just say, how many of you, when things are going great in your life and it seems to, everything seems to be somewhat miraculous in your life, the kids are behaving, everything's good, life is good, how many of you, and a surprise attack can come out of nowhere? But you know, that's how Satan is. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus would have it that we would have life abundant, is what his word says in John 10.10. But that doesn't mean we won't go through the hard stuff. It just means that we have an anchor through all of that hard stuff. That was just a little side note. But anyway, as I looked at this own personal, or in this passage in my own personal time with the Lord, I really felt like I was supposed to say something to not just the parents here today, but just to everyone here. And that is, um, who's holding up your arms in the battle? You know, this passage is often related to leaders and that we, you know, support and pray for leaders and we hold up their arms while they're leading us. But I want to go on a different side of it today and say that we as leaders, we want to help you as parents, grandparents, foster parents, whatever you are, we want to hold your hands up in this battle too. And we want to do this together, just like Michael and Miranda have shared this morning. You know, we're here to bring awareness to kids, youth, and young adult ministries here today. But I want you to know that any one of us can be a leader. Any one of us can parent somebody. Any one of us can mentor someone. Any one of us can friend somebody. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you're called to lead somebody in your sphere of influence. And you may ask, like, what does that look like? And it does look different for everyone, but I always tell people to start by being the person in someone's life that you wish you had when you were younger. And not just younger in age, but younger in your faith. Be that person that you needed when you were younger. To is Leading is not just on a platform up here. It's our everyday life in whatever sphere of influence that we are in. And this goes for all ages. We can all lead somebody. And that's why we're so big about, um, in, while reaction to it and in um, youth, that we're so big on letting them serve once they come out of a ministry and teach them that they can give back to the people younger than them, even at a young age. And that's just how Miranda did things, right? She came up through the church and then she served and then God raised her up to be this amazing leader. So I'm asking you today again, who's holding up your arms? When you're weary in parenting, grandparenting, foster parenting, mentoring, friending, whatever it is, who's holding up your arms? We want you to know as a church that you're not alone, that there are always people around you to hold up your arms. We want to come alongside you and hold you up when you become tired and weary, just like Moses was in the story. You know, I've had moments, especially um, in parenting, where I feel like I'm failing more than I'm winning. You see, I wear quite a few hats. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a ministry leader, I'm a friend, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. I wear many hats, and sometimes you feel like you're failing more than you're winning. 
And a few years ago, a mentor of mine, which is side note, which I didn't say for a service, but get someone in your life that you can really just turn to um, in those moments. A mentor in my life gave me a verse. I was parenting two toddlers at the time, 20 months apart, and I was just very overwhelmed. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. And I'm preaching this to myself as much as anyone else today also. But don't give up. I preached a few years ago on Mother's Day, and I shared a story, and I really felt like I wanted to share it again today um, because it just fits in with what we're talking about so much. But um, I was having one of those weeks where I felt like I was failing more than I was winning at parenting a few years ago. And we had so much going on. I had a Bloom event going on. Mother's Day was around the corner. And um, I think I was actually preaching that week. And I remember having to go to this Mother's Day program. And I had just had a horrible time with the kids before school. It was just one of those days. Moms, you've all been there, right? And so I went to this Mother's Day program. And the teacher got up there and said, you know, we've been working on these poems for you. And the kids had to incorporate a quote that represented their mom in their poem. And so this was the poem that my son read that day. And I think it's one of the greatest compliments I've ever received in my life. It said, I know she prays for me when I'm being bad, that I will be good. And when I'm hurt, Abe Lincoln once said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. Love you, mom, Liam. You see, don't give up. You will see harvest after harvest from the little seeds that you've been sowing in their life. There's going to be days, but you're going to see little harvests throughout their lives of things that you have sown into them that are good if you don't give up. And I just want to charge you and say, let us rock your babies. Let us pray for your babies while you're getting filled up on a Sunday. And let us teach your pre-K and K through five about Jesus and what it means to have a relationship with him. And let us help you with your junior and senior hires as they navigate changes and trials and they're introduced to darkness that they've, some of them, it's new feeling for them. And young adults, let us introduce you to people your age. Let us create a community where you guys can harm and Do life together and you can ask each other the hard questions of life. Where you're going to have leaders around you that you can go to in those moments. And like Michael said, that was the moments in my life where I had, I did have a group around me with a lot of questions. But that was the moments when I questioned so many things. We want to create that community for you. Who's holding up your arms today? Those of you who are just weary in life. Those of you who are grieving, who's holding up your arms today? Those of you who are sick, who's holding up your arms today? Those of you who are depressed, who's holding up your arms today? Those of you who have financial issues, who's holding up your arms today? Parents, grandparents, who's holding up your arms today? And I can go on and on with different scenarios, but... At the end of that passage that I read earlier, it said that Aaron, 
set Moses on a rock. And then they held up his arms in the battle. You see, we want to introduce you to the rock. Jesus is the rock we will always point you to. He is the one we will always set you upon. And then we'll hold up your arms. He's the one that will sustain you and comfort you. He will be there when no one else is. He's the one that we go to in those dark times. But then we want to come around you and hold up your arms in those times. We want to be the one to pray for you when you're sick. We want to be the ones to help you through that depression. We want to be the ones to help you through those dark times in life. But we want to point you to the rock most of all. And so today as we end this time, I want us to bow our heads if we can. And today you may say, you know what? Yeah, I'm pretty weary. And it may not be a parenting thing. And, you know, a lot of this this morning has been geared towards parenting and kids. But don't shut off on that. This is a message for all of us. We all get weary in life. So as you bow your heads and you think about it. Who's holding up your arms today? And if you don't have people around you holding up your arms, talk to us. Grab a leader and talk to us. We want to get you connected with people that are going to hold up your arms. So today as we bow our heads, and I'm going to pray in a minute, but if this is you and you're saying, you know what, Rachel, yeah, I need someone to come around me and hold up my arms. I want you guys just to make your way to the front because I just want to pray over you. And then we're going to sing a song and get out of here. But if that's you today, I want you to stand up and come forward right now. Everyone has their heads bowed, so no one's going to be watching you. But if that's you this morning, I'm going to give you some time to come up and have some prayer. So go ahead and come when you feel ready. I have it all 
are the rock that we sit upon and that we will always point them to you. And as we come together today, God, that we would hold each other's arms up, Lord God, when we're tired and we're weary in this life, God, that we would come alongside each other and we will hold each other's arms up through this battle called life. I pray that everyone that has responded this morning, that they would find their person that will hold up or their group that will hold up their arms through this battle. I pray for every depression. I pray for every darkness. I pray for every situation this morning that you would come in and you would be the rock in their life. You would sustain them. You could comfort them where needed, God. And I pray as we go out into this week, God, that we would hold each other's arms up, that we would lead someone in our sphere of influence, that we would be the person in someone's life that we needed. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.